Well, praise the Lord again. We made it. We made it through another week. And we made it through those fireworks. Hmm? Oh, my goodness. The loud booms. Oh. oh, wow. Well, I'm glad that you're here. And we're hanging in there for another day. This is the day that the Lord has made. And I will rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. He is awesomely wonderful, isn't he? Praise God. Well, I'm Sister Ann. And I'm known as the Go Ye Sister. I'll be hosting today. Amen. Praise God. And I will be praising the Lord with you. We're going to praise the Lord together and lift Him up together. How about it? All right. Well, let's pray. Father, dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to you as humbly as we know how. Thanking you for another opportunity to come together and lift up your name. God, we ask that you open our ears and open our hearts so that we can hear from you. Please be with us in these moments and speak to our hearts. Holy Spirit, I ask for insight into your word and clarity of speech. I ask that I decrease, that you may increase. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, I'm so glad that you joined today. You decided to join and just spend some time together in the Lord. You know, he is worthy to be praised. From the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, amen. We're going to give a shout out to everybody. Everybody in the body. Hallelujah. Everybody that's curious about being in the body of Christ. Amen. And we're just going to go ahead because we've got a lot to cover today. A lot to cover. We're going to talk about uh, just an interesting subject in that, um, you know, it's very timely. Timely so that we can get ready to go when it's time. And that great catching away, amen, and that great getting up morning for some of us who have passed on. But let's take a look at, uh, we're going to praise the Lord together. Amen. Don't have to worry about all that going through, pill popping and all that, trying to keep up and doing, living it and all that sin. Look, got a clean life and has a testimony for the Lord. Praise God. He is worthy to be praised. Well, amen. <laughs> that always gets me going. I'm like, that word, whew, that word is good. And we're just going to go in. We're going to go in. We're going to go in today, y'all. So go ahead and get your Bible. Get your Bible. Because there's questions that you have answers to right here. So get that Bible and we are going to get in it and really talk about something that there's no excuse for. There's no excuse for because God has made a way of escape by his blood and who he is 
and who he called us to be. Amen. I want to talk about um, don't lose your head. Don't lose your head. Nope. Living a life of freedom from sin can be confusing at times. Yep. As disciples, we need to know what sin is and be able to explain to others what sin is so that we can walk by faith in the truth of the word of God and we can lead others in the truth of the word of God. So, what is sin? Yeah, what is sin? Since we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, according to Romans chapter 3, verse 23, what is sin? And how are we delivered and set free from it? Well, let's see what the word of God has to say. <laughs> That's a big word. Sin is a big word. It's a tiny word. Three letters. But it's big. Because when you say sin, it's like, ooh, People cringe. It's like, oh, don't, don't be getting in my business. Don't, don't be getting in my Kool-Aid. But that's what God does. He's like, look, I'm going to get in all your Kool-Aid. I'm going to fix you right, good, and make you holy. That's what he does. Let's look at Galatians chapter 4, verse 31. Well, I'm going to look here first. Now, we're going to go back a little bit right here in Galatians chapter 4, verse 31, because I want to pick up that last, that last scripture there, that last verse there, and then we're going to move forward to chapter 5. So Galatians is in the New Testament. All right. So let's go ahead and read that. And I'm going to be reading in the Amplified today. So then, believers, we who are born again, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, and set apart for his purpose, are not children of a slave woman, the natural, but of the free woman, the supernatural. Amen. So what does that mean? Huh? Not of the natural, but of the supernatural. Now here, we go back to the beginning, uh, to the book of Genesis, and we see the story of Abraham. Remember we talked um, a couple of weeks ago about the patriarch uh, when we were talking about who's your daddy? Well, uh, we have Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Amen. Now, Abraham, he is known as the father of faith and how he got all of this started where he when he believed God and God said, hey, I'm going to show you something. I want you to leave your family, leave all that, you know, and I'm going to point you in a direction uh, where you will be blessed and you will be blessed where there are many souls You'll be blessed where you will be the father of many nations. Amen. So when we go back to Abraham and how Abraham, now his wife name was, was Sarah. 
we're going to make God's covenant promises and uh, come true by Abraham and, and a child uh, with uh, Hagar, his, Sarah's man's maidservant. So instead of them taking the promise of God, they were going to step in and try to work and help God. How many times do we get excited? We just know God's going to do something great for us and we're going to help God. Instead of working and just doing what he instructed us to do. Well, same thing as what Abraham and Sarah did. Instead of just them believing what God said that he was going to make them a father of many nations. um, They wanted to help God. Well, the issue was is that Sarah was barren. Right. So in other words, she couldn't have any children. And she was older, oh, older. And it's like when she got this promise, when her and her husband got this promise that they were going to have a child, then it's like, whoa, we, we better try to, to help out here, right? So what they did was um, they said that, okay, well, we're going to let Hagar, which is Sarah's maidservant, going to let Hagar go in uh, and have relations with uh, with Abraham and allow for Abraham uh, to have Hagar as uh, a concubine. And we're going to uh, let her have a child. And then uh, we'll just let that be. And that'll be my child. So Sarah it was like a surrogate parent. You know, there's that's not a new thing even in our day and time, there's a surrogate uh, way where people have children, you know. So anyway, I think um, that, you know, we call it adoption. Well, that's kind of what they were going to do. And they allowed, so Sarah, so Hagar um, uh, had Isaac. Now, uh, no, Hagar had Ishmael. Okay, so now Ishmael was the promise or the son of flesh. He, they were trying to do it, what God had said that was going to happen. They were trying to make the blessing. So they wanted Ishmael to be the blessing. Well, that's not how God wanted it. God wanted it to ha- be with the wife, which is Sarah, and to believe God, to believe him that when he said that she would have a child in her old age. Now, with this, the son of promise, now, that's Isaac. And through Isaac, uh, of course, Jacob was born. And through the lineage of Abraham, then that's where our our uh, Lord and Savior Jesus Christ was born through that lineage, right? Now, God made a covenant with Abraham. So, he made a covenant with Abraham that the covenant promised to Abraham there would be land. Okay, that's a covenant promise to Abraham from God. And then the promise of descendants, that's children, the father of many nations, a great multitude, father of many nations, uh, the promise of blessing and redemption. Okay, so that would, those are, that's part of the covenant. Now, what the Apostle Paul was explaining in Galatians chapter 3 is that we know are, we are no longer bound under the law for our salvation. So we weren't going to take it. It wasn't we're going to not going to take it and try to make ourselves save ourselves. That, that's just impossible. We, we can't do it and try to do it in the natural. So instead, um, 
we have to trust in the Lord and how he sent his sons, came down here himself and became the propitiation. He died for us instead. Okay, so that's what he's talking about. So keep that in mind that this is a supernatural thing. This is something that God does for us, has done for us through salvation. All right, let's look at Galatians chapter five, verse one. Now, it says here, it was for this freedom that Christ set us free, completely liberating us. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery, which you once removed. Okay, so sin uh, is slavery. That, that's it. I mean, we were bound. We were in bondage. You want to talk about some slavery. All right, then that's everybody. Everybody born, born in sin and shaping and iniquity, slaves to sin. All right. And let's look at verses 16 through 21 in Galatians chapter five. All right. He says, but I say, walk habitually in the Holy Spirit. Seek him and be responsive to his guidance. And then you will certainly not carry out the desire of the sinful nature, which responds impulsively without regard for God and his precepts. For the sinful nature has its desire, which is opposed to the spirit and the desire of the spirit opposes the sinful nature. Now that word spirit is capitalized. Okay, that's the title. And that's God, right? So uh, our spirit and sin, it, it opposes God, God, this, uh, the Holy Spirit. Okay. For these two, the sinful nature and the spirit are in direct opposition to each other, continually in conflict. So that you as believers do not always do whatever good things you want to do. But if you are guided and led by the spirit, you are not subject to the law. Okay. So God has done this through his Holy Spirit. We can't save ourselves through the law. Uh, you know, the law talked about many different things. There's like 613 laws uh, that uh, they had to follow before Christ. And it was just impossible to do. Right. Now, let's look at verses 19 through 21. Now the practices of the sinful nature are directly evident. They are sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, total irresponsibility, lack of self-control. That's what sensuality is. Idolatry, sorcery, hostility, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, Disputes, dissensions, factions that promote heresies, envy, drunkenness, riotous behavior, and other things like these. I warn you beforehand, just as I did previously, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's pretty serious, right? And in that, there's just, he just said it, that just listed those sins. It's just not going to, you're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. You're not going to be saved and walk through 
to heaven when you practice sin. That's what he says. Now, I want to look at uh, the word. I want to look at the word. the word uh, sorcery. You know, a lot of people say, you know, there's certain sins in the Bible. And, you know, we've all been guilty of that. Certain sins in the Bible. If it's in the Bible, it, uh, let's see, was well, this sin in the Bible? Oh, it ain't. Oh, I'm good then. Huh? Well, that sorcery is pretty interesting, guys. Okay. That word sorcery, it's including things such as occult practices, witchcraft, worship of evil powers, and drug-induced trances. So there you go. Drugs is right there. People, people say, oh, well, you know, weed ain't in there. This ain't in there. That K2, oh, you know, I, I, all that's not. Oh, yeah, it is. It is. Hmm? Drug-induced trances. Now, the culture of drug-induced trances, you know, the culture, you know, they, they say it's a culture and they want to relate um, certain cultures to uh, also to uh, drugs, right? Now, uh, I know I'm an African-American woman and I, I have a proud heritage uh, in, in God and I have a wonderful heritage in in uh, Af- the African Americans that have contributed wonderful things here in this country, and um, and Africans that have contributed to the world, right? So I I don't accept the the uh, thought that okay, well, uh, it's my culture to where we have to smoke some weed or do certain drugs. I I don't accept that. That's not in in my culture. Okay, we we don't have to do that as a woman of God and. In any other culture, right? That that's just how we we roll. That's just how we grow up, or whatever. Uh, any culture of any heritage, uh, we don't have to to have that in our in our uh, legacy. We don't have to be a part of the drug induced trances, right? <laughs> just don't. All right, and let's continue. Let's look at. Uh, let's, uh, what does God say about sin and sorcery? Now, in particular, there's a lot of sins listed there. We can get, get lost in checking the check boxes next to what our, uh, favorites or issues may be or not be, but let's look at sorcery. Yeah. Let's look at those drug induced trances. Let's see what God has to say about sin and sorcery. Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 18 verses 10 and through 12 now that's in the old testament so genesis exodus leviticus numbers deuteronomy right that's in the old testament so go ahead and find that and i'm going to read this and it says there shall not be found among you now this is god talking now this is god speaking to the children of israel right He says, there shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or daughter pass through the fire as a sacrifice. Yeah, that talking about sacrificial, you know, sending people, sacrificing people to to gods or whatever. False worship is just a horrible thing. One who uses divination and fortune telling. 
One who practices witchcraft or one who interprets omens or a sorcerer. There that is again. Or one who casts a charm or spell or a medium or spiritist or a necromancer who, who speaks to the dead. That's what that is. For anyone who does these things is utterly repulsive to the Lord. And because of these detestable practices, the Lord your God is driving them out before you. God says that these the sin, this these sins are an abomination to him. That's what the, that detestable means. Oh, he just he hates it. He loathes it. And the people that were in that land that he had promised Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the descendants, they were doing those things. So God said, look, I'm driving them out. I'm driving them out because this is what I'm finding with these people. So he says, "Okay, well, but don't you be doing it. Yeah, because guess what? Yeah, let's think about that. God is just and righteous, but he doesn't want his people to be doing it. He had what drove them out because they were. All right, let's look at Revelation. This is Jesus talking. God. Same guy. All right. Let's look at Revelation chapter 21, verses 5 through 8. And that's in the New Testament. That's the last book of the Bible, the book of Revelation. And he who sits on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also, he said, Write these words are faithful. Right, for these words are faithful and true. They are accurate, incorruptible, and trustworthy. And he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the one who thirsts, I will give water from the fountain of the water of life without cost. He who overcomes the world by adhering faithfully to Christ Jesus as Lord and Savior will inherit these things and I will be his God and he will be my son. Verse 8, for, but as for the cowards and unbelieving and abominable who are devoid of character or personal integrity and practice or tolerate immorality and murderers and sorcerers with intoxicating drugs and idolaters and occultists who practice and teach false religions and all the liars who knowingly deceive and twist truth, their part will be in the lake that blazes with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Mm, That's pretty deep. But we have to know, right? We have to know. We have to make sure that we are on point and not doing any of those things that God says is sin in his word. Amen. All right. Now, don't lose your head. Don't lose your head to sin and sorcery. Let's see who in the Bible practiced sorcery. 
It's like, okay, well, you know, he say don't do it, but um, who was doing it? And what does he mean? Yeah, we want to know what he means. Well, there's a couple of people in the Bible that we can think of right now. And uh, but let's look at Acts chapter eight, verses nine through twenty four. Now, Acts is in the New Testament. And it says, but there was a certain man called Simon who previously practiced sorcery in the city and astonished the people of Samaria, claiming that he was someone great to whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, this man is the great power of God. And they heeded him because he had astonished them with his sorceries for a long time. Mm. So we had Simon the sorcerer. Now, what was it about him? That he was dealing with uh, some things. Yeah, what was it about him? He definitely uh, was dealing with something because he was a sorcerer. And we know what one of those things that 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 means not just witchcraft which is a terrible thing but uh drugs drugs induce him he was probably even the, the dope man mm. yeah he was the one that was making uh everyone um uh, be at all and astonished because of of his ma magic tricks that's another thing yeah i don't have the the verse in here but let's look at acts that's in the same book and let's look at chapter 13. And this scripture in chapter 13, I want you to mark it, but um, you can go check it out later. It talks about Elimus the sorcerer and the apostle Paul, what he said uh, that Elimus was. Now, he was a sorcerer, too. Now, so when you're a sorcerer here, Paul kind of he read his his uh his mail, <laughs> he, he called him out and said all of what he was doing and what he was about. Here's Elimus. He said Elimus, he was because as the sorcerer, he was full of every kind of deceit. Yeah, that's sorcery. Every kind of fraud. A son of the devil. An enemy of everything that is right and good. He's an enemy. He don't want nothing right, nothing good. Sent with the purpose of perverting the straight paths of the Lord. That sorcery is, you know, you want to be a bad guy. Mm -mm, that's not cool. So the word sorcery in the Bible means and includes uh, drug-induced trances and intoxicating drugs. Yeah, Galatians chapter 20, uh, chapter 5, that verse 20, including uh, such things as the occult and practicing of witchcraft, worship of uh, evil powers, hmm, drug-induced trances. And then in that Revelation 21 and 8 calls intoxicating drugs. That's part of what, what sorcery is, too. So what does that mean to the, to the believers, to Christ believers? If we're saved. What does that mean to us? Yeah, of course. You know, we get it. We don't want to. We, we don't want to sin and 
and everything but with a sorcery issue it means that illicit drugs are not permitted by God's law according to God they are an abomination so anything uh, those illicit drugs or whatever unlawful it means that no law on earth can say that it's okay to do drugs and be all right with God. God's law comes first. So I don't care where they legalize things. Yeah, because drunkenness is part of that sin too. Alcohol is legal. Now we're not going to get into, you know, whether or not you can drink wine because Jesus drank wine. We ain't going there. No. Because the truth is, you know what's right. But let's look at, again, it, it means that anyone who practices sorcery, witchcraft, potions, yeah, using drugs, selling drugs, needs to repent because they are bound for hell. And we read that in Revelation 21 and 8, didn't we? Yeah, that's what it means. That's what it means to us. Now, there's always hope in Christ, isn't it? Always hope in him. He always gives us a way of escape. He doesn't leave us in our, in our mess. He just doesn't do it. God's Holy Spirit. Let's look at Galatians. So we're going to go back to Galatians. And we're going to focus on the answer that God gives us. He gives us help. Doesn't he? He gives us help. It's like, oh, all these sins. Oh my goodness! Or you in bondage and you just can't, you just can't break away. Mm. Well, God, He gives us help. In Galatians chapter five, verses twenty-two through twenty-five, He says, "But the fruit of the Spirit." Now, Spirit is capitalized. That's the Holy Spirit. The results of His presence within us. So that's being filled with the Holy Spirit is love, unselfish concern for others, joy, inner peace, patience, not the ability to uh, not uh, the ability to wait, but how we act while waiting. So patience is not that we can wait, but he's saying how we act in while we wait. Oh, oh. I know I had to grow in that area, huh? How are we acting while we're waiting? Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Law couldn't save us. Hmm? Holy Ghost can. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature together with its passions and appetites. If we claim to live by the Holy Spirit, we must also walk by the Spirit with personal integrity, godly character, and moral courage or conduct empowered or conduct empowered by the Holy Spirit yeah so can we we certainly can we have the strength to resist temptation he says resist the temptation resist that devil he'll flee uh, 
And the Holy Spirit will give us the courage. He will give us the strength and ability to do all we can. And then after we've done all we can to stand against that sin, he will give us strength to persevere through. He says he will keep our minds in perfect peace when it stayed on him. Yeah, that's why we get in that word. Now, we always talk about an attribute of God. God is gracious. Yeah, he is gracious. God is infinitely inclined to spare the guilty. Yeah, because we're all guilty. We're born in it, born in this mess. But we don't have to stay in this mess. He's provided a way of escape. Amen. Praise God. Well, let's celebrate God's word with another song. We're going to do that. We're going to just praise the Lord oh, with another song. Let me get this going here. Take a look. I am just so full. You know, uh, we, we shouldn't be scared. Don't be scared when, he, when we uh, talk about sin. I don't have to be scared about that because God has provided a wonderful way of escape. Well, the word has gone forth. Amen. Word has gone forth. And once again, there should be a response. There should be a response response praise God you know for God so loved the world he loves us that he made a way of escape he died for us where well, we don't have to die and be in an internal situation eternally lost in a hellfire nope we don't even have to go there. That's not what he created that place for. We're not supposed to even be there. But because of who he is, yeah, he made a way of escape. If you don't know the Lord today, if you don't know him in that way to where you've asked him to be your Lord and Savior, Ask him. Ask him to be your Lord and Savior. He's faithful. And his Holy Spirit is able to deliver. He delivered us. Those of us who were in a sin-sick situation. We all had to be delivered from something. And he delivered us. He's faithful. If you don't know him today... Pray this prayer. Pray along with the prayer. If you do know him. And you're falling short. You see yourself in those situations. and Sin situations. Pray the prayer again. Yeah. And ask him for deliverance. He's faithful. Dear God in heaven, I 
of Jesus. I acknowledge to you that I am a sinner. And I am sorry for my sins and the life that I have lived. I need your forgiveness. Please forgive me for my sins. I repent and turn away from sin and I turn to you. I believe that you, Jesus, shed your precious blood on the cross at Calvary and died for my sins. And I am now willing to turn from my sin. I repent and turn away from sin and I turn to you. I believe that you, Jesus, shed your precious blood on the cross at Calvary and died for my sins. And I am now willing to turn from my sin. Right now, I ask you, Jesus, to be my Lord and Savior and Lord over my life and my soul. With my heart, I believe that God raised Jesus from the dead. This very moment I accept you, Jesus, as my Lord and Savior. Lord Jesus, transform my life so that I may bring glory and honor to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, uh, you're headed in the right direction. Amen. If you said that prayer, you're headed in the right direction, safe and into the loving arms of God. And, uh, of course, to help you continue with your journey and get an understanding, you can visit um, our website at the LFHHM.org. And there's a pamphlet there that will uh, provide more explanation and make it clearer. And uh, as you continue and walk with the Lord. Amen. And uh, there are other discipleship resources there. Share, share the link. Share the link to uh, with those that uh, need to to hear a word. Share it with your friends. Amen. All right. Um, well, it's <laughs> it's been great. 
He is a wonderful God. I tell you, I just enjoy praising the Lord with you today. Amen. I enjoy it. Uh, Dr. Clark, uh, hallelujah for you. Huh? I just praise God for you. You're just a great man of God. Cousin Carl, thank you. Uh, my sis, hey, my sister. Sister Yolanda, uh, Sister Yolanda Scott, oh, praise God, good afternoon. Oh, wow, Sister Sandy, just God bless you, God bless you, just glad that you made it today, amen. Continue to stay blessed in the Lord, stay strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Hold on to your faith, amen. God bless you, and we'll see you next time. Amen. Thank you for joining the LFHHM broadcast together with him. Special thanks to the LFHHM volunteers, friends, and the consultants at Union Rock Hill Films. One God, One Church. Don't forget to check out the discipleship resources at www.lfhhm.org. There are also great volunteer opportunities. Click on the Contact Us tab and let us know you're interested. Be sure to subscribe, like, and sign up to review media notifications on events and updates. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is indeed plentiful, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest.